Amen, amen. Hey, thanks, you guys. What a great, what a great song. Praise the Lord, huh? We have lived in the land of the living. We live under the goodness of Almighty God, and I'm so thankful for that. Go ahead and take a seat. Turn in your Bibles um, to Proverbs, to the book of Proverbs. You're going to start in chapter 4 today as we start into a brand new series I want to introduce to you. Um, we entitled the series, Get Smart. And um, I just, I'm just curious, how many of you are like over 55 in the room? Okay. You know what? This is the young crowd. Almost everybody raised their hand in the first crowd, in the first service. Um, anybody remember um, the TV series by that name? Do you remember this? There it is right there. Um, I just got to tell you, I had like a secret crush on Agent 99 uh, back in the day when I was a kid. It reminded me, we picked this title because it reminded me of that TV series as we were looking through uh, the book of Proverbs uh, to get smart. The series promo goes like this, and I'll try to do the guy's voice, okay? This was the, the, the movie bumper, the, the series bumper. It goes like this. There has always been a delicate balance between chaos and control. Man, that's true today, isn't it? And when chaos threatens that balance, it's time to turn to the one man who can save the world. And that is the fumbling, bumbling special agent Maxwell Smart, who is, well, not. <laughs> I love that show. Mel Brooks was one of the uh, show's creators. He told uh, the Time Magazine in 1965, I was sick of looking at all those nice, sensible, situational comedies. No one had ever done a show about an idiot before. I decided to be the first. And he, uh, he succeeded for it was Maxwell Smart, the, the uh, star of the show, better known as Agent 86, who manages to pull off miraculous, heroic missions despite his lack of common sense. It was his ridiculous stupidity that made the show so hilarious. I remember sitting there week after week watching the next episode of the Maxwell Smart Get Smart TV series, and we would just laugh our heads off because we knew he could never survive that way, the way he was depicted in this show in real life, at least not without Agent 99. Do you remember it? If you didn't have to watch very long before you would hear these, his famous five words, missed it by that much. Okay, watch now remember, jump on the grass, not the sidewalk. Okay, jump. Missed it by that much. <laughs> Missed me by that much. It's even got a picture of President Goldwater on it. Thanks. Goldwater lost the election by 17 million votes. Oh, yes, I remember now. Missed it by that much. <laughs> Well, maybe he was lucky and hit the canopy. 
missed it by that much. Close the door! Right, Chief. Missed me by that much, Chief. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you through that. Um, but let me ask you this question. Do you know anybody like that? <laughs> okay, maybe I shouldn't ask that question. Maybe that's not fair. Um, how about this question? You going to spend the afternoon with anybody like that? today. <laughs> How about we go here? Have you ever been like that? You know, the person who um, always on the edge of personal disaster and always in a crisis of some kind, uh, always in need of rescuing, always having to rely on stupid luck. You ever, you ever known anybody like that? Have you ever acted that way? Have you ever been that way? I want to say to you, if that's been true of you or you know that, that, that's not the way to live. That's not what God has in mind for his children to act and run around like Maxwell Smart and rely on stupid luck to get by in life. That's not what he intended for his children. That's certainly not what you want for your children. Okay, you guys need to, like, wake up. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. I don't want that for my children. I remember when I was raising my children, I want them to be wise. I want them to be smart. To get smart and to get understanding and know how to live successfully in this world. In fact, uh, if we go to Proverbs chapter 4, so you can take your Bibles and open them up to that. In Proverbs chapter 4, this is what was at the heart of Solomon the wisest man to ever live and walk the face of the earth. This was his desire for his own children. He's, he's writing to his sons in the fourth chapter of Proverbs. And chapter, verse seven of Proverbs four is our theme verse for this series. And it goes like this. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. He goes on to say in that chapter, love her, that is wisdom. Love wisdom, my sons, and she will watch over you. Don't forsake her, and she will protect you. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. Can you just hear the passion of the father who's crying out to his sons? Wisdom is supreme. Sell everything you have in order to get wisdom and to get understanding. Look, in verses one and two, I paraphrase that. This is what the father is crying out to his sons. Listen, my sons, pay attention as I give you some sound learning. Can you just hear that from a father? Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm talking to you. Pay attention. You ever had your dad do that to you? You know, the other day, I got grandkids. I got a, a pile of them all from, the, from like three years old to 10 years old. And um, I had a couple of the young ones out the other day out in the middle of a field, and they had their little mini four-wheelers, you know? 
and um, they were out there, and it was really wet because it's been raining like crazy, so the field was wet, and there's a part of the field that's just weeds and stuff, and it's solid. There's another part that's the part of the field that has already been tilled up, okay? So it's all turned over. It's really loose dirt and everything, and so they were gonna go back to the house, and I said, now listen, listen, listen. I said, look at me. Eyes, eye contact, and they both were like, okay. And I go, are you listening? They said, yeah. So I look, I reach over, I said, now when you go home, I want you to go out into the field here, I want you to get on the grass, and I want you to drive down the grass. Don't go across that part over there, because you'll get stuck. I turn back to look and to ask, do you understand? And one of them's like looking at the dirt on his finger, and the other one's like off looking at a butterfly or something. I said, you guys didn't hear a word I said, did you? <laughs> huh? The young boy, I'm not on purpose not telling you which ones they are. The young boy goes, see you, Poppy. And he takes off, and guess where he went? Straight across the field into the dirt, and as soon as he hit the dirt, sunk his four-wheeler all the way up. I mean, just got stuck, and he's out there, and he's going, Blood is flying everywhere, and he couldn't get loose, right? He couldn't get, get unstuck, and he sits there, and what does he do? He starts crying. And I was so compassionate. He's over in the field going, Bobby! I said, serves you right. You didn't listen. I know, I need therapy. But here's the deal. I have grandchildren. Listen, here's the deal. This is what Solomon is saying to his sons. Hey, son, wake up. Pay attention. Because I've got some things to say to you that you need to hear. They're very important. Eye contact. Come on. Eye contact. Make sure you're listening. That's what Solomon is saying to his sons here. Pay attention as I give you some sound learning don't forsake these teachings. Lay hold of my words with all of your heart, sons. And this is it right here. This is the crux of it all. Keep my commandments and you will really live. Isn't that what you want for your children? You want them to be fumbling and bumbling through life and making all kinds of mistakes and relying on stupid luck to get through? Or do you want them to hear the words of the Lord, to hear the words of wisdom and take hold of them in their heart? so that they can really live. Isn't that what you want for yourself? And that's what Solomon is calling his sons to. Wisdom is supreme, verse seven. My sons, therefore get wisdom, though it cost you all you have. Get understanding. Now this cry does not go out just onto his boys. This cry goes out to every single one of us. It's this, sit up and pay attention. You're going to hear the words of life Lay hold of them with all your heart. You can't afford to miss this. Forgive me, not even by that much. Because if you do, you'll find yourself out in the middle of a field somewhere, stuck in the mud, heartbroken, can't get anywhere because you didn't pay attention. Get wisdom, get understanding, regardless of the cost, Solomon says. Now, I want to submit to you that trying to navigate through this life without the wisdom of God will not end in somehow you managing with stupid luck to come out on top with a win. It doesn't work that way. 
There's no canned sitcom laughter and cheering as everything miraculously works out in your favor. In fact, biblically, it's quite the opposite. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. Jump over to that. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. It says, those who find wisdom find life and receive favor from the Lord. Now let me just stop and say, how many of you want to find life and favor from the Lord? How many of you want that? Okay. Anybody in the room want to admit that you don't want to live a nice life and you want to be out of God's favor? Want to raise their hand? Come on. This is your opportunity. No one says that. No one would say, yeah, absolutely. I want my life to stink and I don't want to be in favor with the Lord. We would all say that, right? But what it takes is you've got to find wisdom in order to find that life and favor from the Lord. Because look at what happens if you don't. Those who fail to find wisdom harm themselves. All who hate wisdom love death. Man, Phil, you're always so extreme. You know, that's what the world would say if we, they heard us talking about this. Our world trivializes the pursuit of godly living. They would look on us and say, what's wrong with you guys? Just do what you think is best. Do what feels good. They would label believers who are seeking after God and his wisdom from his word as head in the clouds, simple-minded, naive fanatics, right? That's how they would look at us. While millions of people who reject God's instructions on how to live wonder why life keeps kicking them in the tail and resulting in frustrated conclusions and failed relationships. We know because we study the word of God that the reason they're in that situation, what's missing is the wisdom of God in their lives. It's only when we keep those commandments, as Solomon said to his sons, will we really know what real living is all about. So we're going to spend the rest of the summer in hot pursuit of a humility that says, Lord, I really need you. We can't function in any area of our lives without your wisdom. And Lord, even if it costs us all we have, we want in. We want it. So are you with me? Are you going to be all in? I mean, for the next, the next two months, we're going to lean heavily into the, the Proverbs and see how we can apply to our lives what sadly is missing for so many of us many times, and that is the wisdom of God. And you might be saying, why are you asking us that? Aren't we here? We're here, right? We're here. That's why we're here. We're here to gain wisdom from the Lord, right? So why would you ask us, are we all in, Phil? You okay so far? Because I'm about to like dive in a little bit, dive into your heart a little bit. Is it, let me ask you this, is it true that everyone sitting here today Everyone listening online with us today is all in for wisdom. 
That's a hard question to ask. Do you trust me? Do you know, do you know that I love you? Do you trust my love for you? Because um, I'm going to say something that's really hard right now, but it doesn't come from me. It comes from Jesus. Because Jesus, if you follow Jesus' teaching, he says that there are only two groups of people sitting here today. Now, the world would categorize us and divide us into multiple groups based on our education, based on our employment, based on our socioeconomic situation that we're in, or racial diversity. That's how they would identify us, and that's how they would divide us, but Jesus doesn't do it that way. Jesus sees us here in this room, and those of us who are online with us, he sees us and categorizes us in two camps. Can I show you what those are? There are the wise, and there are the so you want to say unwise, because that's the nicer way to say it. <laughs> there are the wise, and then there's the unwise. But that's not what Jesus uses. He uses terminology, and it's important. Words matter in the scriptures especially. He calls them the fool. Now, I don't want to call you a fool. You don't want to call me a Well, maybe you do want to call me a fool, but I don't want to hear you call me a fool. We don't want to go around saying, you're, you're a fool. In fact, we're not supposed to call somebody a fool, but Jesus does. Jesus says there are two kinds of people. And so what I'm going to say to you is that here today, there are two kinds of people sitting here. You either fall into the wise category or the fool category. And the way Jesus describes the wise person is the person who hears and does what they hear. They do what they hear. The fool is the one who hears and doesn't do what they're told. That's how he describes the wise and the fool. Okay, you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he was preaching about this and he said, there was a, a wise man who was building a house and he built his house on a rock, on a solid foundation. That makes sense, right? If you're building a house, you wanna build on something solid. And so he built on that solid rock, and as a result of life, the storms came and beat against his house, and the wind blew against his house, and the rain blew against his house, and the house stood because it was built on solid rock. That was the wise builder. Then there's the foolish builder. There's the guy who built his house on sand. Who builds their house on sand? Stupid people build their houses on sand. A fool builds his house on sand. Nobody does that, but this guy did. And when the same storms of life come and beat against the house, the, Jesus said, his house fell with a mighty crash. And the difference between the two, he said, is one of them hears my words and does them, applies them to their life. The fool is the one who hears my words and doesn't apply it to their life. These are the people that might be here today and maybe you've been coming to church and sitting under the preaching of the word for years but just won't practice what you hear. I want to say to you that you can change that. You can make a shift in your life to begin being a hearer of the word and a doer of the word and enter into the wise category of your life. Because if you're the other way, biblically speaking, 
That is the height of foolishness to hear and not do it. According to Jesus, there are only two kinds of choices in this life. And as a result, there are only two kinds of outcomes. Let me show you this. There are wise choices that we make every single day. And as a result of making wise choices that are based on God's word and the hearing of God's word and the application of God's word, there is blessing, joy, happiness, and I could go on and on, but basically life. That's what, that's what Solomon is talking about. Let's put like stars and asterisks and exclamation points because this is what we're after, right? All of you said, this is what I want. I want to live a good life. And Jesus says that when you make the wise choices and follow what he says, this is what will follow you. This is what your life will produce. But here's the way of the fool is a person who makes choices that are against God's word. He doesn't listen to God's word, and he's making choices every day that result in anger, wrath, trouble, distress, and ultimately death. In fact, there are a group of people that might be even listening to my voice right now if you make the unwise decision, if you hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you decide to reject that news and go your own way and take chances on your ability to live your life the way you should so that you can make it to heaven, this is what will follow your life and you will end up in eternal damnation and death in hell forever. You won't be like what we were singing. We're free, free, forever we're free. You're actually gonna be in a place of death and torment for the rest of eternity, forever, because of the choice that you made to not hear the word. That's why so many times I say to you in a service like this, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. If you hear his voice, act on what you're hearing. Give your heart to Jesus today. Make that decision to humble yourself and apply biblical wisdom to your life so that this is what you can live, which is what every person wants. This is what we're going after. There are many here that are making regular wise choices and better choices and biblical choices, and that's the way of the wise, but there are some in our midst who are primarily making foolish poor and unbiblical choices and you're suffering the consequences and the reason we would do an eight-week study on this is to help you get on the track to wisdom so that you can really live because that's what you want and that's what God wants for you. The rest of us, <laughs> um, we're in this daily battle of making what I would propose the goal of this series, and hopefully you can write this down somewhere, our goal is to making wiser choices more often. That's our goal. Wiser choices for our marriages, wiser choices for our children, wiser choices in our finances, wiser choices in our attitudes and behaviors, wiser choices in our priorities. That's what we're going to be after which is why we're going to camp in the Proverbs for the next eight weeks. 
Now, as we, the, today's kind of an, just an overview introduction to this whole thing that we're going to be talking about. So I want you to understand the terms that we're going to be using. Uh, foolishness, what we're going to be talking about, what it is not, what we're not going to be talking about and identifying foolishness is that like um, a lack of maturity or a lack of experience, kind of like how the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That's not the foolishness we're talking about. And contrasting that with, with wisdom, I want to start with biblical wisdom and our biblical definition. I'm going to give you some time to write this down, but here's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability, understanding, and desire to choose the best, most God-honoring course of action in any situation. I'm going to read that again so they'll keep it up on the screen so you have time um, to write this down, because this is foundational to what we're going to be studying over the next several weeks. Wisdom is the ability, understanding, and desire to choose the best, most God-honoring course of action in any situation. Another way of saying it is wisdom is knowledge that we receive from the word of God applied in godliness. So the knowledge that we receive and the understanding we receive on how to live is the application of that which results in godliness. That's what wisdom is. Every moment of every day, making choices of all kinds. And wisdom is the capacity not only to know the right, but to desire it and to choose it and to see it and then to act upon it. Foolishness contrasted to that is quite different. But foolishness is simply the stubborn refusal to do what wisdom demands. This is the person who believes their way is better than God's way. This is the person, the strong-willed person, uh, who's not open to correction. And I just have to say, in the Bible, that person is called a fool. And none of us want to be that. Now, Proverbs is where you go to find the fool contrasted with the wise. So I'm going to just close our time giving you a couple of those illustrations. So let's go to the first one, Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, 16. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. Okay, you got that? But the fool is reckless and careless. In other words, the wise man sees the evil that is coming. He recognizes it and he sees it and he turns away from it. He runs the other way. He flees, as Paul says, flee for your life from your youthful lusts those youthful desires that you have. That's what the wise person does. But the fool is reckless and careless when it comes to being in the face of evil. In fact, one author that I read this week says this, the fool is the one who never fears till he falls. Ever known anybody like that? Maybe you've been like that. Maybe I've been like that. This is the person who lives on the edge of the cliff, always as close to the evil as possible without getting burned, always right on the edge and living on the edge of danger all the time. That's what this person is that he's describing here. And when that person ends up ultimately falling, crashing and burning at the bottom of the precipice, he always gets up and goes, how did that happen? And everyone in his world says, seriously? 
I mean, we all knew it was just a matter of time, the way that you were living, you were just gonna eventually fall off the edge. How many people have been telling you? How many people have been pleading with you? How many wives have been screaming out to their husbands, get away from the edge of evil? But that's this, this kind of person, this fool, is the one who lives right there, and then when he falls, then he's like whining, you know. He's out in the middle of the field spinning his tires. <laughs> and everyone around is like, what are you crying about? Everyone sees it coming. In fact, uh, in Proverbs, there's three Hebrew words used to describe a fool. The one here in this passage that we just read is used 19 times. It describes the long-standing fool. This is the one who never learns, never thinking about the consequences of his or her actions. That is not the way of the wise. In fact, jump over to Proverbs 4 again and go to 426. Go to 426. This is what the, the wise person does. Ponder the path of your feet. This is the instruction that he's giving to his sons. Stop a minute and think about where this road is taking you. Are you going to like where you're going to end up? Because, see, the fool never thinks about these things, but the wise man always thinks about these things, always begins with the end in mind. Ponder the path of your feet, Solomon says, and look at the second half of that verse. And then, if you do that, all your ways will be sure. Be intentional, he says, about pursuing wisdom in every choice you make, in every decision, every relationship you nurture and develop. And when you do, all your ways will be sure and solid. All your ways will be established and blessed. That's wisdom. Here's another one. Look at Proverbs. Jump over to Proverbs 14, 3. Proverbs 14, 3. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back. Here it is but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Go a couple pages over to 18.6, Proverbs 18.6. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Wow. Just stop and think now, okay? Um, just go with me here. Um, in your past conflicts, with other people, maybe it happened on the way to church this morning or maybe it happened getting ready for church this morning. How many of our past conflicts were a result from somebody saying something that should have remained unsaid? I mean, let's just be real. Our lips are always getting us into a fight. How much heartache could be avoided in our relationships if we would just keep our mouth shut at the opportune time? And see, we get into this whole thing of, no, the opportune time is to say what I feel. And in that moment, it feels like the opportune time to just give you a piece of my mind when the reality is if we would just keep our mouth shut at the opportune time, we can avoid conflict, let things cool down, deal with it in a biblical, loving way later on. A fool's lips walk into a fight. Let me ask you, how, how hard is it to get your fire going? How hard is it to stoke the flames of your anger? How swift is your tongue 
to run to gossip about somebody? How easy is it for you to slander and for that, those words of slander to roll off your lips? How, how great would it be if we could just shut our mouths and bite our tongues and hold it back? That's the way of the wise. The fool gives full vent to his anger. But the wise man holds it in and cools it, the scripture says. I love being a grandpa. And um, back when I was beginning to be a grandpa, they were trying to figure out, the families were trying to figure out what to call me. You know, do we call you grandpa? Do we call you grampy? Do we, you know, what do we call you? And it ended up being poppy. I don't know where that came from, but that's what they call me is poppy. And so when the kids started to get a little older, they started going, hey, 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 poopy. <laughs> I'm like, knock it off. That's not my name. My name is Poppy. But actually, for a while, it was poopy because um, we, they were having babies and they would bring me the babies. They would bring Poppy the babies. And so it's awesome, right? I mean, there's nothing better than having a brand new baby and you're holding that baby and you're holding him tight or her tight and whispering things in their ears about what you want for them and what you, how you want them to grow up and tell them how much you love them and singing them little songs and that kind of thing. And there's just something special about that. And it just seemed like every single time I got the kids, it was time. And I would hear, I'm, I'm holding them tight, and I would hear, um, and then it would be like, and like, hey, they're blowing gas. But then it was like, there was something more than gas. <laughs> and it was going, <laughs> and I'm thinking, thank God for Huggies, right? I mean, Huggies, you know, they like, the Huggies hug the legs, right? And so there's no way this is coming out. But what would happen, though, is I'm thinking I'm safe, okay? And everything's contained. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm still holding them, and all of a sudden, their little bodies would get rigid and you would hear them go, <laughs> if that ever happens, just give the baby away, okay? Because <laughs> what was happening, that baby was like, and then boom, and I mean, there was nothing holding that back and it was, <laughs> it diarrhea. And I mean, it's coming everywhere. It's coming out of everything. Those huggies are not strong enough to hold it back. And here it comes, and it's all over you. And so it's this explosion happens, and now you've got stink all over you, and everyone gets to smell it. Everyone gets the joy of experiencing it. You know where I'm going with this, right? This is what happens when we don't watch our mouths. We can't hold it back, and so we think everybody needs a piece of me. <laughs> and when we explode, it's just a mess, and it stinks, and it's all over everything, and you've made a complete mess of your relationship because you didn't know how to hold back your mouth. 
After the first service, a guy came up to me, actually a guy, it's my sound man back there, Matthew. Matthew comes up and he goes, do you know what the Greek term for excessive talking is? Do you know? Logaria. <laughs> Diarrhea. Logaria. Sounds kind of the same. <laughs> you all right, Carl? <laughs> Don't worry, you'll only get a couple of emails off of that one. But that's what happens. That's what happens in our world, you guys, when we don't apply wisdom to our life. That's not what God's way is for his people. In fact, it would do some of us good to be like Jesus when it comes to this because we get so caught up in my rights and you just violated my rights or you disrespected me and you hurt my pride and you hurt me, so I'm gonna give you a peace. When in reality, we, we're nothing like Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus had every right to say to those who mocked him and to say to those who wanted to beat him and misuse him and kill him, you have no rights here. I am the king of kings and you cannot come here. And yet the Bible says that when he was reviled and when he was mocked, he did not revile back and as a sheep to slaughter is silent. Get this now. This is, this is applied wisdom here. He did not open his mouth. We could all learn from that, all of us. Proverbs ten nineteen says, when words are many, sin is not lacking. But get this now, whoever restrains his lips is wise. There's the wisdom. If we can restrain our lips, then we're in the wise category. And look what follows our life. Anybody up for that? We all are up for that. That's what we want. Someone once said, I'm the master of my unspoken words, but a slave to those which should have remained unsaid. How true is that? And my mom used to use this on me, Proverbs 17, 28. Write that down, parents. Write that down. Use it on your kids. Even a fool's considered wise, Phil, if he keeps his mouth shut. You got one more in you? Do you have one more in you? I wonder what, if you said no, what I would do. Proverbs 17, 24. Here's another one. Come on, let's go. Let's stay with me just for a couple more minutes. Proverbs 17, 24. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom. There's the wise man. But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. In other words, the fool is the person who lacks spiritual perception. His focus is not on the things of God, but on what he thinks Bring satisfaction and joy from this world. That's what the fool's eyes are always on. He's looking at the things of the earth, things that are materialistic, and therefore he's never satisfied. He's looking on things that are distracting, therefore he's always jumping around from hobby to hobby or relationship to relationship, hoping to find something that will bring him joy from this earth, focused on things that are lustful, in other words, desiring what you can't have or what you don't have. And so this person is never satisfied, never content with their life, always wanting more. And I just want to say to you, this passage is saying it all starts with the eyes because the eyes are the gate to the soul. Wisdom knows that a moment of visual satisfaction will never equate to the destructive consequences that flow from that sinful moment that you gave into. 
And what we're going to be learning is that wisdom is turning away from what foolishness demands. Foolishness is the stubborn refusal to do what wisdom demands. Wisdom is turning away from what foolishness cries out to you and demands from you. Does that make sense? So let me finish with this. Um, the answer to foolishness is the application of wisdom. So, anyone in favor of wisdom? You in on this? It's available. Look at Proverbs 2.6. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And listen, to look at this. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. God's got a big storage barn somewhere, and he's storing up wisdom for those who want it. In fact, James 1.5 says that he's storing it up for those who would ask. James says in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should go to God and ask. And when you go to God, he will give it to you liberally, and he won't treat you bad. He won't look down on you for needing it, because you know what? He knows without him, without, you do know, right, that without this, without the wisdom from the word, we're all fools, and this is what will end in our life. And so he's like, I got this giant storage barn waiting full of wisdom, and all you have to do is ask, and it's available to you, and I will just dump it out. We had a brother come down here who needs wisdom, strong wisdom for his family, and he's like, can you guys just pray over me? And you know what we asked for? Wisdom. Because that's a promise that God says, if you lack it and you ask for it, I will generously give it to you. Wisdom is, is, is available to all of us. It's also applicable, Proverbs 24, 3. You gotta make this the, write this on the board somewhere and put it, on your house, put it up in your house. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Here's another thing. Wisdom is delightful. Proverbs 8, 11. Wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare to her. I love Proverbs 24, 14. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Man, do we need more of that in the world today. So there it is. The contrast of wisdom and foolishness, the question for all of you is what will you choose? The way of the wise or the way of the fool? Will you come? There's the challenge, okay? Will you come for the next eight weeks? Make it a priority to be here, have your family here so that we can learn how to live a life that guards against pride and treasures humility. These are things we're gonna be working on that you'll learn how to live a life that values heavenly rewards over earthly riches, that you'll learn how to live a life that consistently chooses to refuse to react in sinful anger and fights the temptation to take the easy way out. And will you come for the next eight weeks and learn how to live a life that seeks first the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of yourself? So I wanna ask you to hang with us for the next couple of months lean in and learn how to really live because that's what we all want. So um, hopefully you'll jump in with us. Let's go ahead and stand. And um, I just want to go to two places before we dismiss you. 
Hopefully, you received one of these as you came in. We're bringing two, uh, three people, actually, um, one couple and, a, and an individual, into membership here today. So we've got Tyler and Michelle Sagersey. Um, all of these were in the first service, and we've got Patrick Olson. Um, so we've all voted in the first service to bring them into membership. Um, so all those in favor of bringing these people into membership, say yes. Yes, yes praise the Lord. Uh, we're glad to have them here. So let's just clap for them on, on, on that. Um, are the Armijos here? Where? Okay, in America, we sit in the front row. Um, give us another wave. Everybody look back there. These are, these are the Armijos, our missionaries to Chile. Um, welcome home, you guys. We're glad that you're here. And um, exciting to have him. Um, he's going to be preaching for us on August the 8th. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, and we'll get a great report on what God has been doing. These are awesome evangelists down in Chile preaching the word, and many people are coming to Christ. It's been a hard row for them during um, this COVID time. So it's so glad to see you guys. I'm glad that you're here. Um, and next week, okay, next week is Summer Bash, our Summer Bash starting at 5 o'clock. Um, we start with the business meeting. It's our annual business meeting. I hope that you'll be here for that. We've got some exciting things to share with you. We're going to be voting in a ministry opportunity on our property here that will hopefully um, give us great exposure and platform to sharing the gospel with people in our community. So we'll be telling you about that. And um, then we're going to just go out and have a great time of fellowship together. How awesome that we get to have our Summer Bash. Last year, we didn't get to have it. And so it's going to be an awesome time together. Um, however, we need some help, okay? We need about 27 volunteers in order to make it happen. Um, we're a little short on help this year. So if you can help with that and you're willing to volunteer because you're going to be here, you can go to the connection point um, and talk to them about it. You can call into the church office or actually there's a place online that you can go and find and volunteer to help us. I, I think we got some all kinds of different game activities and stuff like that that we need help with. Um, Hey, dunk tank. All the pastors are going to be in the dunk tank. And, and Sean said he's going to be in there an hour. And the balls are only 50 bucks a piece to throw at the pastors. So going to be a great time. Hopefully you're planning to be here um, with us. Let me just pray as we go out today. Lord, we thank you for all of, the, uh, all of your word. We're just so grateful that you didn't leave us to our selves to try to figure this out, this life out, and that you have figured out a way that you have a path of real living for your people. So I'm thankful that you've given us your word, and I pray that as we go through it the next several weeks, that we will grow strong in wisdom, and that our families will grow strong in it also, so we can really make a major impact for our community. Bless my brothers and sisters now. Um, it, we would be amiss, Lord, if we didn't, if we didn't thank you on the 4th of July for the country that we enjoy and the freedom that we enjoy to worship freely like this. We're not going out to our cars looking over our shoulders. We're thankful for that. We pray for our brothers and sisters who have to. Where they're just running for their lives. Some of them that are meeting today in secret because they fear for their very lives for worshiping you. Bless them, Father. Help them feel our support on this end of the world. Protect them from the evil one. Uh, but more than anything, um, Lord, we're grateful for the freedom that we enjoy in you. 
Help us not to take that for granted. Help us to live in light of the sacrifice that you have made for us as we sacrifice ourselves to you and use us powerfully in the world that we live in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. You're dismissed. Thank you for joining our worship service online today. Our prayer is that the worship and teaching will inspire you to love God, love others, and influence the world for Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today, we'd love to know about it. You can click on the link for our online connection card. If you haven't yet, you can download our church app and you can see more opportunities and messages and even share this message with a friend. And go to our website, fbclcart.org for even more opportunities. We hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at FBC Elkhart.